0: Welcome to Liberty in America, past, present, and future with Dr. Bill Choby. Doc is a historian and a reenactor. On this show, you'll hear his thoughts about our personal liberties from their earliest recorded beginnings. You'll also be transported back to the 1750s to relive the life of Colonel George Washington and his adventures during the French and Indian War. Let's get started. Here's Dr. Bill Choby. Hello there again, Dr. Bill Chobe, talking about liberty in America, past, present, and future. Now what we can do to make that future happen. Remember that when might is right, we live in bondage. When right is might, we live in freedom. When right becomes wrong, we live in chaos. And until either might or right gets back in control. Something uh, I skipped last week, because so I was really thinking over just what this was all about and what I could do to try to articulate in the simplest of terms. So the listeners out there, however few you may be, will appreciate what it is to be an American. Now, you might think that it's about mom and apple pie and Fourth of July and fireworks. That's not what makes us it, Americans. You say, well, we're free, but free of what? Last uh, couple sessions, I've been talking about the Bill of Rights and defining and describing and trying to get you to understand what the Bill of Rights means. But it's within the Constitution, specifically in the Bill of Rights and the 14th Amendment, 13th Amendment and others, which uh, specifically make us Americans. Freedom of speech, free exercise of religion own guns it's supposed to be secure in our persons and our homes from the government. Now all of this in the Bill of Rights is about protecting individuals from the government. And originally it was from the federal government with the Fifth Amendment, requiring due process of law if uh, we are accused of something, we we're entitled to speedy trials that are public. We don't have a right to face our accusers. And uh, bail, that was not to be excessive or extreme punishments. Those are all part of what it is to be an American. 14th Amendment gives us equal protection under the law. So the law has to be uniformly applied uh, to be constitutional. But where does it put us today? It's pretty clear that there's a double standard of justice in America. If you're a radical and you protest in the streets and tear up federal property uh, in the name of racism or of opposing racism, then that's fine. You just go unpunished, even though millions of dollars worth of taxpayers' funded property have been destroyed. But God forbid you go to church during the COVID mess and you can be arrested if some had been for simply going to church. Others have been arrested for even having church outside without wearing a mask, which is really stupid. But probably the safest place to be is on the seashore, on COVID, because the salt in the air and the breeze and the sand would quickly kill any virus. But you couldn't even do that. So where does all this go? You know, we look in our history, there's... A lot of this is just repetition for what happened before. It came to mind to me just during this past week about Abraham Lincoln's uh, speech back in eighteen, I believe, eighteen fifty-eight or so, and he talked about a house divided. Let me give you a, little, a couple a little of little quirks from this. This was before the. Illinois Republic State Convention in Springfield, Illinois, june sixteenth, eighteen fifty eight, and he goes on and says, Mr President and gentlemen of the Convention, if we could first know where we are and whether we are attending, we could better judge what to do and how to do it. We are now far into the fifth year since the policy was initiated with the avowed object and confident promise of putting an end to the slavery agitation. Under the operation of that policy, that agitation has not only not ceased, but it has constantly augmented. In my opinion, it will not cease until a crisis has been reached and passed. A house divided unto itself cannot stand. I believe this government cannot endure permanently, half-slave, half-free. I do not expect the union to be dissolved. I do not expect the house to fall. But I do expect to be cease to be divided, and will all become one thing or another. And the opponents of slavery will arrest the further spread and place it where the public mind shall rest in the belief that in its course of ultimate extinction or its advocates will push it towards till it shall become lawful in all the states, old as well as new, north as well as south. Have we no tendency to the latter condition? Let no one who doubts carefully contemplate that now almost complete combination legal combination, a piece of machinery, so to speak, compounded of the Nebraska Doctrine and the Dred Scott decision. Let him consider not only what work the machinery has adapted to, but also well adapted, and also let him study the history of its construction and trace if he can. To rather fail or if he can trace the evidences of design and concert of action among his chief bosses from the beginning he goes on to say many of the same things that just change the wording a little bit you could talk about it today do we live in slavery in america i'd say we do many people who have succumbed to the the hand of heavy government are enslaved by its policies. One of the commentators called it the federal, um, uh, federal slavery, the federal plantation, if you will, to those people who are, depend on the government for their substance, food stamps, housing, you know the story, the welfare trap. That's slavery. That's slavery. Is there slavery or um, indebted uh, servants, indentured servants in America? Sure. This was outlawed by the amendments to the Constitution, forbidding slavery and and indentured servitude. But yet we have millions of people pouring over the border who essentially are indentured to the, the cartels. That's how they got here. They had to lay out part of their life, sell part of their soul to get... To be able to come to a country like this. A house divided cannot stand. So where did all this come from? Well. In my lifetime. I'm 72. I've seen a radical change. In the public's perception of what it is to be an American. In the 60s when the opposition to the Vietnam War became politically correct, thanks to the efforts of Walter Cronkite, who basically said the war was, that we were losing it, when in fact we were winning it. Well, it set an undertow, as, long as, the, uh, as well as with the unpopular draft, and each of us got a number on the draft uh, days. I got My number was 272, so I really wasn't uh, going to get called although I was in school, I many of my friends had short, lower numbers and they, they were drafted. A lot of people were against that. A lot of uh, uh, military-aged men moved to, ca- to Canada or left the country to Mexico to avoid the draft. The draft is very unpopular. and We really haven't had anything like that since, by the way. But you look at over in Russia, that's how they get their soldiers, they draft them. And incidentally, the way we're moving, it looks like women are going to be drafted next thanks to all this feminism movement. But that change started when it was blaming everything on the administration. And we had a president, Johnson, LBJ, who really did a terrible disservice to this country. But he became president because he was from Texas, and Kennedy wanted somebody from the Democrat South. And um, he came on as vice president. Of course, then later we found that the CIA were involved with the assassination of John Kennedy. And some people speculate that uh, LBJ had a hand in that. But he's a terrible president. But he knew that if he could hand out money to people, he could get them to vote for him. And if you go on Google and you look this next uh, line up, I'm going to tell you. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I'm a racist. I'm just repeating what LBJ said in the 60s regarding welfare and uh, a paraphrase although it's not a direct quote but you can look it up he says uh, lbj said and it's recorded if we give them niggers money they will vote for us for the next hundred years end of quote Yeah, he said that that's the kind of man he was he was a racist and he knew that he handed out money that people would sell their soul or give their soul up to the state. Those are the people that I'm saying today are enslaved. And from that, the great society, all the programs of the great society were spawned. And it took, supposedly, it was going to reach into Appalachia and it's going to turn people's lives around, where people for, for centuries were self-sufficient. And now with the, the hand of the carrot and stick, if you will, to the people in Appalachia, they gave up a lot of their autonomy and their, their freedom and kowtowed to whatever the Federalists would say to them. This was LBJ. So well, also happens he was a Democrat. If you go back through the people who have supported slavery, they're all Democrats. Republicans, really. Lincoln was a Republican. And he's the one that put in course, as I mentioned, in the previous um, part of his speech that it was he, the Republican Party, that eventually led to the abolition of slavery. After the Civil War, as uh, blacks rose to power in the South, and there were many of them were senators and Congress people, the Jim Crow laws were set up. Jim Crow laws were basically Democrats acting. Well, they were the Ku Klux Klan, but they were acting as if they were using the the power of the, the law to uh, break or or, or um, violate the civil rights of many blacks. When you hear uh, Joe Biden say "Jim Crow," too, he's referring to today's use of the law to suppress people. Only well, in this case, he's using the abuse of the laws. And his administration against conservative white people and many black conservative blacks and browns if you will i'm not a racist i'm just telling you as as i see it so that you can understand what the issues are today well along came bill clinton these are the people that are advocating well jimmy carter was in there but jimmy carter was at least had some semblance of of uh, constitutional uh, activity. The next one was Bill Clinton. And Bill Clinton did not win a majority of the votes. He was elected with something like 43%. And this was thanks to Ross Perot, who took a lot of conservative votes from George Bush. And we got Bill Clinton. And we know Bill Clinton had a sword past and he had a proclivity for chasing women and that many of his accusers of rape had came forward But the press conveniently looked the other way because he was saying all the right stuff to them. And the big money people thought, well, they can work with this guy. Well, they did. He set a horrible example of how Democrats and their whole concept of what's supposedly good for America set a lot of things in motion, including Hillary and Hillary's idea of it takes a village to raise a child. It's just another step towards enslavement of many, many people. Abortion, of course, is out there. And the abortion rights people are screaming and hollering, not my body, and all that sort of thing. And yet they've killed over 62, 63 million babies, unborn Americans, on the altar of feminism. And they, these women will scream to their death that it's somehow fair for them to, to kill a a child within because they were entitled to their privacy under the fourth amendment. And we know it's nothing like that at all. So this enslavement of America really hit, got on steroids when Barack Obama was elected. Remember Barry Soweto is his real name. He had had a change to Barack Obama. I guess he was trying to hide his past that he had actually lived in, uh, africa for a long time so many questions whether or not he was true truly qualified to be president because of his birthplace and his natural uh, his father uh, being from uh, africa but you know that may very well have been true but it didn't seem to mind the matter to the big media who wanted this guy in and this was supposedly going to solve all problems of racism in america But to the contrary, it accelerated racism. Barack Obama was a racist. And more importantly, he was an enslaver. When he said he was going to fundamentally change America, he never said how or why change to what. He was going to have a fundamental transformation of America. And that was some good talking points for an election, but he never said what he was going to do. Well, we look at it today, we can see what he started and what it has become. The entire bureaucracy, the fourth branch of government, which is insulated from being fired or from, in many cases, civil service, you can't do much of anything to the bureaucrats. They're going to be there whether elections come and go. And at the top of those positions are people with a definite agenda in mind to bring on this whole concept of wokeism wokeism basically was was a theory or or a philosophy created by obama and the idea is that we become aware or become awakened or awoken if you will it's street slang to say woke but you know that's barry the idea was to fundamentally transform america using the fourth branch of government which is protected from elections and to use the media And at the time of Barack Obama was elected, there was this thing that came on as social media, and he used it very well. He could get his message out quickly and efficiently to many, many people, but he also offered a bunch of freebies. And all of this was like the uh, Hansel and Gretel, just luring them into the cooking pot with cookies and goodies, such as cell phones and promises was really going on, the, the radical transformation of America was going on through the Democrat Party in both the Senate and the Congress. Funding for projects that made no sense at all under a Constitution became more and more evident. We looked at Obamacare with false promises. He sold it on false promises. that We could keep our doctor if we wanted to. We keep our health insurance if we wanted to. It's going to cost less money. We all know now today that's a bunch of garbage that costs everybody a lot of money. But he shifted the fence in, in uh, health care insurance. They made tons of money for, for one side and took it from the other. Whenever the government creates a policy, it's like a fence between two properties. Now, if everybody knows where that fence is, they make good neighbors if you don't move them. But if you suddenly decide to pick up a fence and move it 10 feet into your neighbor's property, they're not going to be very happy. Well, that's what happens when the government makes a new policy. They move the fence, figuratively speaking. And with that, just winners and losers. And this is what Barack Obama was doing with the agencies. The EPA could find their way into private property. HSH, Obamacare. You have to go to Obamacare doctors. They moved the fence. The regular private practice was no longer uh, fit into the paradigm of Obamacare. Hospitals the same way. And he pushed this whole idea that somehow that this is going to take away racism in America. And it's going to elevate the blacks. We know that since Abraham Lincoln's speech in 1858, that this whole problem with uh, enslaving people, Not just, you know, for the color of their skin, but also economically. It's been going on for a long time. But with Obama, he made it seem like it's a color of skin again. Well, he was elected, and a lot of well-intended, confident uh, Americans voted for him because they thought, well, they'll give the black guy a chance, so they'll put an end to this slavery stuff. But it didn't. It made it worse, as I said. Now they had the, the spokesperson they wanted. To push the agenda even further to enslave more people with social programs. You see what's happened here with wokeism. It is cultural changing, but at the expense of the individual rights and freedoms of America. I started this by saying, What is it like to be an American? Now, if you look at the things that we talked about last time and with the equal protection under the law for this time. And we see what's happening to people who object to the, the the DOJ or the FBI, or seem to be threatening to Joe Biden and his son. When we know darn well that a lot of these uh, what, what, what a lot of these whistleblowers are saying is true, but in fact we have the people in government, particularly the DOJ and the FBI, who refuse to prosecute the obvious violations of law because they happen to side with the Biden administration and at the same time they do use the law against people that they see who are a threat to their power base when you have double justice like this this is Jim Crow too and they're doing it and they're Democrats that are doing it and you when you watch what's being how Donald Trump's been treated with uh, the DOJ and these allegations that uh, never seem to really pan out, but they'd get a lot of press. Of course the media's <clears throat> excuse me, the media's complicit with that to where they've uh, they make it seem like it's a fact, when in fact it's just nothing but fallacy painted in in bright red to make it seem like it's important and a little legitimate. But the Americans are waking up. So what to do? you know from the get go when i started doing these podcasts my intention for people to first of all understand what it is to be an american what it is to have liberty what it is to be free so they could defend what what they know to be part of the, the citizenship of america and i've gone through through my book we've talked about uh, we need an amendment to the Constitution that uh, puts an end to these career politicians with term limits. We need to put an important amendment into uh, our Constitution that limits our ability to spend money, a balanced budget. We need to get the 17th Amendment repealed and senators start representing states and not uh, the populace. As the states are getting clobbered when it comes to the, the federal government and how it's handling, particularly money issues. These are the sorts of things that are pretty much beyond the control of most of the voters out there, most of you folks. So what can we do? My fear is that it's just as it was with Abraham Lincoln, uh, worried about the, the union being dissolved. We're having a, a split down the middle between wokeism and traditional constitutional Americanism. One of those is going to win. So here we are again. What can we do? The average Joe Sixpack or uh, Nancy Nurse. What can you do? We can vote. We can vote and vote. Well, who do we vote for? Who do we vote against? Well One thing I can tell you. Democrats are the cause of our divisions. As they were before the Civil War slavery they were the chief proponents of slavery and republicans were opposed to it republicans today are by and large pro-life democrats are pro-abortion or pro-death pretty clear it's pretty clear what we have to do but i think that one may say that well this guy is a good democrat like joe Manchin. a lot of people thought he was a good democrat but when push came to shove He voted with the rest of the party. And that's what annoys me the most, that the Democrats don't have the backbone to actually stand up and say something, that something's wrong. And uh, that's where it doesn't give us much of any other choice but to simply vote against every Democrat, boycott all of them, top to bottom, dog catch to the president. And we have to do that in a systematic and long-term fashion. We literally have to just take down the Democrat Party. They've been the source of all this slavery, this racism, good versus evil, wealthy versus poor, against the civil rights of Americans, pushing wokeism, pushing all this gender nonsense, pushing all this redistribution of wealth, pushing all of these policies that allow our foreign adversaries to come and live with us within us allowing the borders to be dropped so that we have more and more people who think they're coming from marxist countries who are trying to will bring their ideology with them because they're familiar with it even though it's wrong democrats are the news and and we have to oppose them so if anything, out of all that I've been saying, and you probably get, probably get tired of listening to me by now, just tell you, your friends, you tell everybody, if you love this country, you must boycott all Democrats. And when we take them down, because the power of the P is in the people with we, the people have the power to do this. And when we take them down, then we go and we turn to the Republicans, the rhinos and say, you're next. If we don't do this with ballots my greatest fear is that it'll become with bullets and I never want to see that happen in this country. I'm never advocating that, but I also like to say to so the liberals out there, who might be listening in the Republicans or the, the conservatives have all the ammo. They have all the guns. It would be foolish to let it get to that point. If the, uh, conservative the few conservatives that are within the democrat party would simply stand up and start objecting to this they could turn their party around but they're fearful they're promised so many things money and things like that for campaigns and so we have no other choice we need to take down the entire democrat party with ballots every time you vote no democrats just do it year after year for year for year we'll take them down and out of this there will emerge a new version of liberty, just like you had Lincoln talking about that after the civil war. We have to do this because it's an existential threat to our country, to our constitutional republic to allow a double standard of justice to prevail, we have to face it. Well, I've been a little long-winded tonight, Uh, I hope you get something out of this. I'm not advocating radical, you know, transformations like Barry Obama was doing, just return to what has worked for 240-some years and not allow that to slip out of our fingers, but it all takes all of us to understand the question, what is it to be an American? Remember that when might is right, people are in bondage, we're in bondage today when we have. The powers of government weaponized against those who object word bondage when right becomes might we're free. When right becomes wrong with chaos, again that's all we have today is chaos, and until either right or might is back in control. Dr. Bill signed signing off, Liberty in America, past, present, and future. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to my monologue here. I hope it has some impact. Thank you.